Okay. We've had a full morning, but I do want to share a little bit before we have lunch together. Is that okay? So this, this, <laughs> yes, please. Thank, thank you, Eugene. You're so encouraging. <laughs> this morning, we're going to start a new series, and this is going to be a series that's going to take us through the summer. And I believe that God laid this series on my heart for a purpose. And I didn't know at first, I just thought, yeah, that's great, and it's the perfect number of weeks, and blah, blah, blah. But as I've prayed, and I've meditated on it, I believe that God has shown me the reason that we are going to be looking at this for the summer. I believe that as we look at this passage of Scripture, that if we allow it to, it is going to revolutionize Haven, it's going to revolutionize your life, your relationships, your family, and it's going to revolutionize the community that we're moving into. See, here at Haven, you probably hear us talk a lot about kingdom. And that could be a word that we could just throw around, right? And living in the kingdom. And Dwayne was here a few weeks ago and he spoke about the kingdom and it was so good. And then God spoke to me and said, well, this summer, you're going to learn what it looks like to be kingdom people. Because to live in the kingdom, I think we have to understand what kingdom people look like and how they are to be. And so that's what we're going to look at today. Over the next two months, I'm going to be asking and I'm, I'm praying that you're going to be asking Holy Spirit to begin to transform you into a kingdom person. See, we move next week into our new home. We're, our season is done here at GPH, and we are moving into the next season. And we're going to be surrounded on all sides, like everywhere. It's homes. People. And there are people who are looking and searching for the kingdom. See, they don't know that yet but they are looking for the kingdom and we are bringing the kingdom to them. And so if we are bringing kingdom in that community and if we are going to be kingdom people, then we have to have a good understanding of what kingdom people are and not just a good understanding. I don't just want us to have an intellectual understanding that we can say, blah, 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 this is what it is. Blah, 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 blah. I want us to have an understanding of what it looks like to live in the kingdom as a kingdom person. I want it to transform and I want it to change your life and I want it to change my life. This summer we're going to be looking at the Beatitudes. And I believe that list of Beatitudes in Matthew is what a kingdom person looks like. We're going to take a Beatitude each week and we're going to go into depth, and we're going to be looking at that beatitude, and we're going to be studying and meditating and learning about why Jesus taught that you had to be, were to be poor in spirit, mourn, meek, merciful, a peacemaker, pure in heart, hunger and thirst for righteousness. Why would he be teaching these things? What was the purpose? I believe he was teaching how to be a kingdom person. And so I'm challenging you. I have a challenge for you. 
this summer. I am challenging you to memorize this portion of scripture. Huh? You gonna ask me to memorize scripture? Yeah, I am. And some of you, pro- some of you here may already memorize scripture. But I think many of us here don't. A while ago, I, several years ago actually, I memorized the Sermon on the Mount. But I haven't really done as much since then. And so why, why, why do we have to memorize scripture? Well, we need to fill ourselves with the word of God. See, a lot of us are filled with anxiety, hopelessness, fear. We're filled with the world's word, the world's viewpoint. And instead, we need to fill ourselves with God's viewpoint and God's word. And as we fill ourselves with his word, we're going to find that we're not so fearful anymore, that we don't live in such anxiousness, that we don't live in hopelessness. For his word fills us with hope. It fills us with courage. It fills us with truth. It fills us with strength. And I'm not going to stand at the back with a chart with your name and a star. Before you leave, tell me your verse this week. Like, I'm not doing that. And so if you don't want to memorize it, you don't have to. It's a choice. It's what God was speaking to us very clearly today about choices. Right? So it's a choice. And I'm asking you to choose to memorize. It'll be Matthew 5. Verses 3 to 12. And you don't have to have it all memorized next week. You can take a verse a week. We're going to be studying a verse a week. And so that's just what I'm asking. And I'm challenging myself to do that. And so I I am going to. Okay, let's get into it. So that's your challenge. And if you're not here, because I know summer, we're traveling, and there's vacation, and I am also, here's the other challenge, challenging you to go back and listen. So we need to have the sermons up each week. That's a challenge for someone here who does that for us. That we have to have the sermons up so that they can go back and listen to them each week. So I'm asking you to do that, to go back. If you miss a week, go back and listen to it because you need each one of these, okay? One builds on the other on the other. It's, it's a package. It's not just one thing. It's Each of these Beatitudes, Jesus taught them for a purpose and a reason, and we need them all. So let's start. Matthew 5, verses 1 and 2 say this. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying... God, I pray that as we begin to look at your scripture, we begin to look at this passage of scripture, that you would begin to work in our hearts these things, that you would begin to develop in these things, in in us, these beatitudes, Father, so that we just walk in them and that people will be attracted to your kingdom as we begin to walk these things out in our own lives. And so, God, I commit myself and ask you, Holy Spirit, to revolutionize and transform my heart into each one of these beatitudes. 
God, open our ears this morning to hear what you have to say to us in your precious name. Amen. Okay, so this is what's happening. Jesus had just finished, not just finished, but he had gone through the desert, is 40 days and 40 nights of fasting. Holy Spirit had led Jesus into the wilderness. And he had come out, and he was now beginning his ministry. And so he was traveling around. If you look in the chapters before, it says he was traveling throughout Galilee, teaching, healing people, casting out demons. And the Bible says his fame was spreading. See, we don't need social media to spread our fame. We need Jesus. We need Holy Spirit. He didn't have big billboards up. Jesus is coming June 25th. Get your tickets now. Like he just was going about doing kingdom work, being a kingdom person, and his fame was spreading. And that's what we need to be doing. We just need to be going about doing kingdom work, living in the kingdom, being a kingdom person, and your fame will spread. And it's not so that you can stand up on the platform and say, Ooh, here I am, super Christian. It's all for the glory and the kingdom. And so Jesus' fame was spreading and great crowds were following him. And so Jesus, seeing the crowds, goes up the mountain so people can hear him and see him. And the Bible says his disciples came to him. I want you to understand that when he's talking about the disciples came to him, it's not talking about the 12. We know that he chose 12 men that he mentored and fathered. But it was much more than that. These were, disciple means follower. So these were followers of Jesus. And followers of Jesus can be genuine and they can also be superficial. Ooh. See, there were many following Jesus that day that were genuine, that wanted what he carried. But there were many that followed Jesus that day that were waiting to hear how he was going to overthrow the Roman government because that's what they were looking for. And so they were like, this is it. He is about to tell us his plans for a military operation. But imagine their surprise when instead of hearing about a military operation, they hear Jesus who introduces them to a kingdom and how it operates. That it does not operate in rules and laws and force, but on the attitude of the heart. Jesus takes the focus off the outward and turns it inward. I'm sure some of them were terribly disappointed. This was not the Jesus they wanted to hear. And we need to be very careful that we do not turn Jesus into someone that we want. He's someone that we need. And sometimes the things he says isn't the things we expect him to say. And we need to open our hearts and ears to hear properly what he is saying to us. And so the first thing, this is his first sermon, and the first thing he starts with is the Beatitudes. 
Beatitudes derive from a Latin word, beatus, because each beatitude, as you read it, starts with the word beati, which is translated from the Greek word meaning blessed. So these verses are also described as the blessed. And as followers of Jesus, as kingdom people, this is who we are. We are the Beatitudes. We are the blessed. These are who we are meant to be and how we we are to live. See, I used to look at that list of Beatitudes and I used to go, okay, hmm, I like the peacemaker. Um, I think the merciful seemed the easiest. So I'm going to be that one. I don't know if you did the same. But I realized that in fact, Jesus was teaching that we're not just to exhibit one or two of those characteristics. We're to exhibit all of them. And they are to be present all at the same time. I don't know if you know this, but when you look at that list of Beatitudes, well, I know, I'm not naturally like this. I don't know if you look at them and go, yeah, no problem. That's who I am. Like, we're not born with these things. These are supernatural qualities. This is a supernatural transformation that results in a supernatural lifestyle. You cannot make yourself poor in spirit. You cannot make yourself pure in heart. It's not about doing. It's about allowing and yielding. I wondered this morning as I was meditating, like if you read the Sermon on the Mount, chapters 5, 6, and 7, why did Jesus start with the Beatitudes? See, Jesus was wanting to deal with our character first. As you read through the rest of the Sermon on the Mount, it's a lot about our conduct and what we, what we need to do and how, as kingdom people, we are to live and how we are to react. And, but Jesus understood that conduct flows out of character. See, you and I are powerless to carry these Beatitudes out on our own. It's only through a heart that is continually yielded to Holy Spirit that our character begins to change and our conduct does as well. And I loved what we sang today and how, we, how the worship went. We have such awesome worship teams. I don't know if you know that, but we have the best in the province. I, I am, and I'm not just saying that. I believe that. Not just because they sound good, because they do. Very good. But they have a heart that is yielded to Holy Spirit. And that's what he's asking us. He's asking us to yield and surrender and lay down our life so that he can do what he needs to do in our hearts. And if he can get our character in line, then our conduct will as well. I love that, that last couple of verses in chapter 7 in the Sermon on the Mount. And Jeff talked about it last week a bit. Joel did when we were at the barn. 
And these are the verses. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name do men, and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. That is at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. We need to be careful that kingdom does not become all about what we do. We prophesy. We cast out demons. We healed so many. But your heart has not changed. It's your heart he's after. Kingdom also looks like taking girls into your home for a year and just loving on them. Kingdom looks like Spending time and caring for your family and loving your wife and kids well. Kingdom is helping at the skate park. Kingdom is helping at My City Cares. Like kingdom looks like a whole bunch of things. And we don't want to sensationalize and say it's all about this and neglect our heart. And so that's why you started with the Beatitudes. It's about our heart. Jesus also knew that behavior flows out of belief. We're called to be holy. And that doesn't mean perfect, but that means we're to be set apart. We are to be different. We aren't to fit in. I loved it when Dr. Rudy was here a couple of weeks ago. He taught that we're not of this world. Like when we, people can't understand how we, how we behave or what we do or how we think a certain way or how we don't engage on the enemy's level. It's because we're different. We aren't to fit in here. You know, we've got to be careful we don't teach our kids to fit in. We don't want our kids to fit in. I do not want my child to fit into this world. We are not of this world. We are to be set apart. We are to be different. We are to be weird. I liked when Lori <laughs> prayed this morning. You know, anything weird is of Jesus, but we are to be weird. There is something weird about us, and it's okay. We're not going to engage. Like, if you guys don't come to the barn, I'm telling you, get to the barn. Friday night was amazing. It was powerful. You are missing out on another uh, part of your Christian walk get, if you're not there. I'm just, I'm laying it out there. If you haven't been, you need to come. Because there you, you get ministry, you get prayed for. There's teaching that happens. Joel was teaching on Friday night about not engaging with the enemy on this level because we are not on his level. We are here. We are not of this world. We are above him. We don't engage with him here. You're going to lose every time. We are above here. We are not of this world. And so Jesus knew that. And this, these, the Beatitudes are not of this world. People will like not understand you when you allow these Beatitudes to begin to form and change and, and live them out. They're just, they're just going to think you are so weird. It is so opposite to what the world teaches, these Beatitudes. Like it's, when you start looking at them, you'll be like, wow. It's just, whew. It's totally different. You are going to be weird if you allow these Beatitudes to take a hold of your heart and your life. And it's a good weird. I love this quote by A.W. Tozer. 
There is an evil, glaring disparity between theology and practice among professing Christians. An intelligent observer of our human scene who heard the Sunday morning message and later watched the Sunday afternoon conduct of those who heard it would conclude he had been examining two distinct and contrary religions. It appears to me that too many Christians want to enjoy the thrill of feeling right, but are not willing to endure the inconvenience of being right. We should be different. We should be different. We don't laugh at the dirty jokes. We don't watch the same things. We don't talk about the same things as the world does to fit in. We just want to fit in on their, le their level. We just want to come in at their level. No, we don't. We want to show them there's another choice, that there's another option, right? It's a challenge to you this morning. So when we look at those Beatitudes, each one starts with the word blessed. And so for the rest of the time, I quickly want to just talk to you about what that word means so that we have an understanding of why Jesus was saying blessed every time he gave a Beatitude. See, Greeks, well, I should say this first. If I was to ask you, what does the word blessed mean what would you say? What do you think a blessed person looks like? See, Greeks often use the word blessed for two things. They often use the word blessed to refer to a god, to their gods. So their gods were blessed because they had no cares in the world. They had everything they needed. They had reached that state of happiness they didn't have any worries and any problems. The gods were blessed. They also used the word blessed for dead people. Dead people were blessed because they no longer had any issues. They no longer had to deal with sickness. They no longer had to deal with family issues. They no longer had to deal with that difficult spouse, that job they had to go to that they don't like. They had no cares. So according to the Greeks, you had to be either a god or dead to be blessed. And may I say that some of us maybe think that way too. But if you look at scripture, in scripture there are two Greek words that are used for that word blessed. The first one is eulogitos. That's where we get our word eulogy. Right? When we go to a funeral, often you'll have someone get up and give a eulogy. They speak well of the person who is no longer with us. The second Greek word that's used is the, used is the word makarios. And that's the word that's used in the Beatitudes. And it defines a condition that exists. It describes something that is true about someone, not what we, something we say about them. It's true about them. When God's, Jesus was saying, you're blessed, it's true about you. That's who you are. And it doesn't matter how you feel. See, you don't have to feel happy 
to be blessed. Most people are driven by wanting to feel happy. Like if I could just feel happy, everything would be great. And so they constantly go in search of that thing or that situation or that circumstance or they'll avoid circumstances in order to feel happy. But that is not what Jesus was saying. See, if I was someone to ask me, what's the recipe for happiness? I would not pull out the Beatitudes. <laughs> right? If you look at that list, you'd be like, you mourn, you're blessed. You're poor in spirit, you bless, you're blessed. If you're persecuted, you're blessed. What? You're not of this world. Exactly. But Jesus is saying here that kingdom people, you and I, kingdom people, need a new definition of blessed and happiness. I love Philippians 4, 11 to 13. Paul, he understood what blessed means. He said, I'm not telling you this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be satisfied in any circumstance. I know what it means to have lack, I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance. For I'm trained in the secret of overcoming all things, whether in fullness or in hunger. And I find that the strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty. See, Jesus is calling us to something deeper that brings supernatural satisfaction. Blessed describes the person who is free from daily cares and worries because his every breath and circumstance is in the hands of the Father. Blessed describes our inner state rather than our outward. Like if you're on social media, there are a lot of blessed people on social media. Like they're just so blessed, aren't they? It's the kind of happiness that God desires for you and me. And so from God's perspective, you're blessed even when you don't feel happy or presently experiencing good fortune. Negative feelings, difficult seasons, difficult circumstances cannot change the fact that you are blessed. Why? Because you're in a relationship with the Father and Holy Spirit dwells inside of you, and you possess every spiritual blessing that you need. And so it's over the next several weeks that we're going to study and learn what a kingdom person looks like and how we are blessed as a kingdom person. I just ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Because before we could start the Beatitudes, I mean, we, you can do this as an intellectual, like I said, you can learn all about it. And if that's all you want to do, that's fine, you can learn. But I think, and I know that Jesus is calling us to something far deeper than just learning about it in our minds so we can spout it off. He's wanting to do a transformative work in your heart and in my heart. And as we move into this next season, God is highlighting this morning that it's about choice. It's about choice whether you're going to move into that next season in his kingdom, because his kingdom is moving whether you're coming or not. 
So he's not, if we choose not to, he's not, he's not stopping it and saying, oh, Haven's not ready. I guess I'm going to just stop here. No, God is moving whether you're going to come with him or not. And that's your choice today. And it's your choice to begin to yield to Holy Spirit to transform our hearts into the things that we're going to study over the next few weeks. And it's simply yielding. It's not a matter of doing. You can't do it. It's a matter of allowing. Will it be painful? Sometimes yes. Because when we say yes to Holy Spirit, he's going to begin to clean out some areas of our heart where we've had lies, where we've had trauma, where we've had sin. He's going to start cleaning those areas out. And it's up to us to say, okay, Holy Spirit, I yield to that. Because we need to get those things out before he can fill. We've got to make room. We've got to make room. And so simply ending today, we're not going to make a big spectacle, a big thing. But I'm asking you, if you are ready to choose to commit to allow Holy Spirit to begin to transform your heart over this, these next two months as we make this shift into the new season, I'm just going to ask you to stand. Don't stand because someone beside you has stood or you feel pressure because there is none. Because like God knows your heart. But we're making a commitment today and I'm standing. I make a commitment today. And I've, I've, as I've been studying these Beatitudes, I'm not preaching all of them. We have different people speaking on different Beatitudes, but I've purposed to at home study them during the week and meditate on them. And I've asked Holy Spirit to begin to change my heart. You know what? <laughs> situations start coming up and begin testing me in those areas because how do we know if we're changed unless we face a situation that says, are you really mourning? Are you really going to be meek in this situation? So today, I just want you to simply say, I make the choice and I'm going to allow you Holy Spirit. No matter what. Like I am going with you. I'm going with your kingdom. I'm moving with you and I want you to transform my heart.